How would you like to make more money more quickly in your online business? Hey, this is Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Business Podcast. And in this episode, I'm speaking with John Ainsworth, who is the founder and CEO at Data Driven Marketing. They help online course creators increase their revenue by 20 to 300% through awesome marketing funnels. And he's been building funnels for over 10 years and is a digital marketing nomad most of the time. And in this podcast episode, John and I talk about why we should track our data and what we need to be tracking, what type of data do we need to be tracking. And then we talk about how to follow the three different types of journeys that your audience are going to go through, being the discovery, the buyer's journey, and the customer's journey, and why you actually need to know this and track this as well. Then we go on to talk about the three main things you need to focus on to scale your business. And we talk about how to make more money more quickly from upsells and order bumps for any business model. I'm even talking about content websites as well. Guys, this is such a hugely valuable episode. If you own an online business or are thinking about owning an online business, I know you're going to absolutely love this. So check it out. Today's episode is brought to us by Niche Website Builders, which is a company a few of my clients are using and have used for content creation and link building services. They do everything from start to finish. So from keyword research all the way to uploading your completed article for you. We've also had Bob members buy ready-made affiliate sites built by Niche Website Builders. So if you're looking to outrank your competitors' content and build better backlinks, Niche Website Builders and I have a special deal for you. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. But again, that's www.nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. Do you want to start investing in websites but don't want to drop $20,000 or more on your first investment? Check out Odis, where you can buy premium age domains to build a website on and add Odis done for you affiliate site package to help you grow your website and get seen. Instead of buying a crummy website that's been built to sell with no authority, buy a premium domain with built-in authority, great SEO, and fresh quality content for your website. Head to odys.link forward slash Bob podcast to check out their great deals. That's odys.link forward slash B-O-B podcast. Link will be in the description too. Hey, John, and welcome to the Buying Online Business Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much, man. Very pleased to be here. I'm super excited for our chat because I've been going through a lot of your content and I've got a lot of questions. Some may be for me selfishly, but mainly for everybody here um, that want to buy and scale the businesses that they want to scale. The main thing I want to talk about is really data because that's what you your approach, you know, your approach is driven by data and how critical is data when making decisions to grow a business, especially within marketing and and yeah, I want I want to talk about why is data such a big thing for us and for you. Well, it matters a lot in a number of different ways and you can look at it from a number of different angles. So I'll give you a few if that's all right. So first one is if you know the data for, for different steps in the process, if you know, okay, if you look at the seven and eight figure businesses and how they run and what the steps they have in place are and how they, what the ranges that they are achieving for each of these steps and what that means in terms of revenue, then you can know, ah, this is something where I have a complete gap and I can do something about it. 
So I'll give you an example. Most people, for example, don't have upsells in place. And then if you know that, okay, generally when you have an upsell in place, it makes you 30% more revenue and you know that data, then you can look at it and go, oh, okay, well then if I put that in place, that's going to make an enormous difference. Whereas this other thing I was thinking of doing, you know, changing the button color to blue, if you know generally that makes a 0.2% difference to the whole business, if you get it right, then you'd be like, okay, that doesn't matter so much. And it helps to stop shiny object syndrome and help you to prioritize. So that's kind of one angle on it. Another one is if you are tracking your data from week to week and you're able to see trends of where something gets worse, then you can spot something before it's a long-term problem. So for example, I talked with somebody about six months ago. They had changed something in their system. They weren't tracking their data. All they knew is that they made less money, but they didn't know it was because of that one thing they did because they weren't tracking it. They weren't looking at the comparison between them. So for two years, they made about 50% less money. And then they eventually went back and figured out what it was. Now, if you're tracking everything weekly, monthly, and every step of the process, then you can look at it and go, wait a minute, it, money has dropped. Let's count back through the process. That's the bit, that's the step that's dropped. Okay, what changed there? Cool, let's go fix it. So I had a client who had a SaaS business and he was tracking the data for, or we were tracking for him, the data for his every step in his process. And his sales went down and he didn't know why. And we could look at it and go, right, let's count back all the way through. And we found it was like one page in the setup process that was not converting anymore. And it's because somebody had changed the password options to be more secure, but they hadn't changed the error message to tell people that if they didn't have a dash in there or, you know, exclamation mark or whatever, then it would be, they couldn't use that password. And so people weren't managing to set passwords up. And so they were able to pinpoint that and go, right, cool, fix that and immediately move on. So that's the second way. It's like identifying stuff that goes wrong. And then a third way is sometimes you do something and it works great, but you don't know what it was exactly. And if you're tracking the data, then you can spot, okay, that's what it was. I changed something here. That worked way better. Cool. That was great. Can I do more of that? Is there some theme there that I can kind of expand on? So that's like a few angles. There's more, but like, I don't want to just completely rant on this one. <laughs> well, this is what I tell people when they join the mastermind is like, it's, we really first need to get feedback, like not just getting, getting feedback from our clients and people that are purchasing from us, but get feedback from how the business, the performance of the business is actually working to understand like, how do we just instill the 80-20 in our business? How do we go, all right, this is working really well. Mm. This is not working so well. Can we just scrap that and focus on what is working really well and put most of our time and energy and efforts into that? And then go around and sort of like optimize it. And if it needs CRO way down the track, maybe we change the color of the button. But that's like so far away compared to when somebody's first starting out. And those people that are first starting out, John, and they're listening to this and like, cool, I'm about to buy my business and I want to make sure I don't stuff things up when I come into the business. And maybe the previous yeah. owner hasn't gone through and showed them what they're doing and how they're monitoring the business and how they're tracking things. So what are some of the mistakes um, that people make when they're tracking and what are some of the things that we should be tracking? Let me, let me just split that into two questions and ask one first because that may be confusing. 
First off, what are some of the things that we should be tracking in our business? So for most online businesses, the crucial things that we always track is every step through the process for somebody getting to your website through to them becoming a repeat customer and making more money from them. So along the way, we're tracking, okay, what's your website traffic? How many of those people are becoming leads? How many of them are getting onto your email list every week? Email list is huge for people running online businesses. What percentage is that? What is the percentage conversion rate? Because the traffic could go up and down, but the conversion rate should stay relatively similar. What percentage of them then go on to buy something from you? When people buy something from you, how much do they generally spend? What's the conversion rate at each step through that sales process? Let's say you've got a sales page. How many people get from the emails or from the website to the sales page? How many people go from the sales page to the order page? And how many go from the order page to the to having purchased? And if they purchase, how many of them then buy something else? How long, if you've got a membership, how long do those people stick around for? And so what's your average revenue per user? And if you're in the SaaS space, they talk about ARPU all the time, the average revenue per user. But most people are running memberships don't seem to kind of track that in the same way. So, But that's vital. That's huge to know. And then a lot of those things we do on a weekly basis. But then on a monthly basis, we want to be looking at, well, how much money have you made? What's the number of new customers and how much money have you made? So that you can, there's certain things that on a weekly basis, there's not enough data to compare. And if you see something go up or down, it can make you a bit panicky. So we try and move those things to tracking it on a monthly basis. Those are kind of the crucial ones that we normally go through. But there's going to be some other things for different businesses around input. So let's say, for example, you've got some lead indicators around traffic. Let's say you're a SEO heavy site. okay, And you need to be building how many more links per week and how many more articles you need to publish per week in order for that to continue on in the right direction. So probably you want to be tracking that and just check. Are we always on track with that? Is that always happening? Or did something go wrong and we haven't got so many more links or what have you? And that's going to be a long way from how much money is in the bank. But you know, it's part of the process that matters for your business. Yeah, hugely. Those content businesses, people will have like a schedule of how often they will put content out. And then sometimes they go, there might be a hiccup with the business and then you put their resources into like changing some things with on-page and off-page SEO and they're not spending that that time all those resources on producing articles or getting backlinks and they go well hang on a second how come we didn't actually earn as much money this month as we did last month if you don't get that feedback and maybe people would notice that without even tracking it but when you do track it you can see the hypersensitivity of the business i guess and really know the numbers of like wow we lost x amount of money because we didn't produce we didn't the inputs that we did or usually do weren't there. So that's why we didn't get the outputs. So I guess understanding that. And so there's two sorts of ways that you're saying that people are, should be tracking is basically tracking, I guess we could ca- categorize it in three different ways. Tracking the discovery process of how people discover the business, tracking the buyer's journey from how much they purchase to when they actually leave, and then also tracking the figures in terms of revenue and expenses, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so where do what are some of the common mistakes that people make when they're actually tracking this type of data? So, I mean, the most common mistake by far is that most people don't. Most people have no idea what their numbers <laughs> are, and they always overestimate them. Yeah, <laughs> It's just so true. Like, I've seen almost nobody who tracks this stuff. 
And when we, what happens, right, is we go in and we, we work with people and we go through all the numbers with them. And the initial process of just identifying what is the process from somebody getting to your website to becoming a customer, the process of us going through it with them visually is the first time they've ever done that. And that already opens people's eyes up. So like not, not knowing what that process is, the first one, then not tracking it. And then if you are tracking it, which very few people do, not then doing any analysis of it. The analysis is not complicated. It does not take long. If you're not a numbers person, I get it. Maybe that's not your thing, right? But the, the amount of time per week to do it is very small. You know, it's like if all of these numbers kind of consistent with where they are before, if you know the benchmarks, you can use that strategically every so often to go, which of these numbers is furthest from the benchmark and therefore it's going to be easiest to increase and therefore is the priority because it'll make me the most money. That's a concept that I've, I've thrown out quite quickly, but it's unbelievably powerful and very few people understand it. So I'll try and unpick it a little bit. The process is you have a number of steps in your business that go from somebody being a visitor to your website to you making money from them. Let's just say for sake of argument, a really simple version of it is somebody gets to your website, they subscribe to your email newsletter, they get some emails and some of them point to a sales page. The person, they get to the sales page and they go from there to an order page and from there they go and buy. So that's a very simplified version. Most people have got probably, you know, other things going on around it, but let's, that's just a nice, simple, straightforward one. Now, if you have that, you can lose people at any step along that process. Most people think of like a, the pictures you see of, of a funnel are of this beautiful, organized, serene, neat thing that goes from wide down to narrow at the bottom. And most people's funnels are more like a leaky bucket with money just pissing out left, right and center. So where's the biggest hole? If you can fix any of those steps, if you can make any of them, 50% better, if that is a logical process from someone getting to step one to, to buying from you, then if you make any of them better, then that increases your revenue. So whichever step you increase, if you could double one of those steps, then that's going to double your revenue. Now, I know that's slightly oversimplistic, but it's not hugely oversimplistic. So if you know that you've got one step in that process, the benchmark for that is, let's say, 5%, and you're currently at 0.5%, like with an opt-in rate, most people's opt-in rate is about 0.5% of website visitors to, to leads. And you know that a benchmark for that is 5%. Pretty much everybody can get to 5% if they implement everything. So that means you could 10 times that number and you have another step where you're like, oh, I could make this better. But you know, you're currently at, let's say a 20% conversion rate on your order page and benchmark for that is 22%, which is like this industry standard. So it's like, well, you know what? It's going to be really hard to increase that order page conversion rate enormously, but you could easily increase your opt-in rate. And each of those is going to have just as big of an impact on your revenue. So if you know those numbers, then you can decide, right, I am going to focus on the opt-in rate because that's going to have a big air impact. That's amazing. It's, this is so important for not just people with like an e-commerce business or selling an info product or it's, you know, it's very valuable for SaaS, like hugely valuable for SaaS and also even content businesses. Some content websites and businesses and SaaS businesses are hugely reliant on the revenue from email marketing and getting people onto their list. And then hugely reliant on selling people that are on their list to their product, whether it be free trial or whether it be affiliate products or whatnot. And I think that 
when people come to look at a business, they look at a business as a whole and they don't break down each step and understand how is this, you know, they forget that we've got a whole lot of people coming to our website, a whole lot of people looking at the business, but they forget that there's leakage there where a lot of people will go away from the website or go away from opting in and don't understand why. So if you don't understand why, you, you're going to have that huge leakage like you said before. So what are some of the more common things that we should be tracking? Like you mentioned email opt-ins, but what are some of the other things that people should be tracking in their businesses? Yeah, so with that process from somebody having opted in until having bought, there's uh, a number of a number of different steps along the way. So let's take, you mentioned SaaS businesses. So let's take that as an example. It's going to be how many people are opting in and then what percentage of them are, how many times are you sending out email promotions to them? SaaS businesses are notoriously bad at this, actually. It's really fascinating. They just focus on free trials. And that's it. That's their kind of their one call to action, their one focus. To get people onto their email list? Actually, for that as well. So they're really bad at opt-ins because they just focus on a free trial as a call to action on the website. But then even in their emails, the only thing that they can think of is a free trial. And so they struggle with sending more email promotions. So... But if you send email promotions in the right way for a SaaS business, you can get like 10% of that email list to buy from you, which is huge, which is a norm, makes completely revolutionizes the entire business. So how many email promotions are you sending per month? That would be another step to track. And then we'd want to look at how many people are actually getting to the sales page, whether it's for just a free trial or for a demo or for a particular offer that you've got going on this month, whatever that might happen to be. And then how many people go from the sales page to the checkout page or in a free trial case, it's not a checkout exactly. It's like a, you know, add in your setup, your username and what have you, maybe put in credit card. Some free trials have with credit cards, some go without. So how many people sign up there? And then a crucial one is how many people get from the free trial to the actually becoming a paying member. And then what's the average revenue per user per month? And then how long are people sticking around for on average? So those are like for the SaaS business, those are the crucial ones that we look at. I would say that there are the same gaps there as for a lot of other businesses in terms of most of those people are not, most SaaS businesses are not managing to get enough of people onto their email list and then not enough people from there to actually go and buy because their email marketing is is lower quality. I suppose for another one for these guys would be amount spent on ads and the amount of time to get a return on ad spend. Yeah, so I, I want to touch on a few things, but first let's talk about the amount of time spent on ads and the ROAS there because some people don't even know what ROAS actually is. But yeah, tell us, you know, you've tracked what you've just like outlined basically for a SaaS business is not the discovery phase of ads and all that sort of stuff, which we'll talk about very soon. You, we've talked about, the buyer's journey and then their their experience as a SaaS or a, a member in that type of business, I guess. So the buyer's journey and then the, the, the customer journey, really. So before that, we've got the whole discovery phase. What are people 
you said just spending time on ads and all that sort of stuff. Are they, most people doing ads wrong and stuffing up the discovery phase? Like what should we be doing with the discovery phase and getting people to see our business and then get them into the buyer's journey phase? So the biggest mistake that I see most people make with ads is they'll hire somebody to run ads for them and then they'll be annoyed at that person that they haven't made more money from the ads. When the major issue, and this is, I come at this from a funnels point of view, like that's my, that's my focus, right? So I'm going to have, I'm aware I can have that bias in the, the angle I'm looking at this, but I'll try and look at it from the, a few different angles. So the biggest issue most people have there is they don't have a way to convert those people into making money back quickly. And with ad spend, this is the absolutely vital. This is the crucial thing that you have to have in place. And if you talk to people who run Facebook ads, then their biggest complaint about clients is that they don't have a proper funnel set up that's going to make them money back quickly. Now, if you look at uh, SaaS businesses, they are terrible at this. They're really, really bad at this because all they focus on is that monthly recurring revenue mm-hmm. and having people stick around for a long time. And that's great for a long-term business, right? That's fabulous. You know, you want that recurring revenue. That's great. But if it takes you eight months to make the money back, even if someone sticks around for 18 months, that means every penny that you spend on ads, you have to wait eight months before you get it back to be able to reinvest that money back in. So you want to be looking with that at how, so ROAS is return on ad spend. How quickly do you get that return on ad spend? Can you get that return more quickly? So there's some simple ways that you can change that, which is things like having an annual plan, having a quarterly plan so you get more money up front. But you also can do something where you combine business models together and you sell people an info product as the front end. And then you move into this for the for the Facebook ads and then you move into the, the SaaS for the recurring revenue. And if you look at ClickFunnels, this is how they do it for themselves. ClickFunnels run ads to info products. They sell those. They make the money back on it. And then they've got more people on their email list who they're then offering ClickFunnels to. So that allows you to get a really quick return on ads. But you don't have to eat. This is a fascinating bit. You don't even have to make profit on that front end. You don't have to make money back straight away. You just have to get more people on your email list who are buyers. Like you said, you don't, and I listen intently, you, you don't need to profit, but you do need to get your money back, right? Because you want that money back so you can put that back into ads, which in turn equals scaling quicker rather than waiting that eight months, say, for somebody to join your your SaaS business and then you're in the recurring before you can spend that money back on. So it really is how – I think what you highlighted here is, is how quickly can you get your money back from the ad spend? And I guess most people aren't really thinking about that. Most people listening to this wouldn't even have thought of that about that before. So they've got – are you suggesting people should have – say we've got a SaaS business or say we've got a content business as well. Are we, should people be selling like a, a book like ClickFunnels or a guide that could be, you know, $5, $10 to be able to push that with ads, even for a content site and make that money back and get more people on the email list to send the people that are on the email list to their offers and that can be, a free trial for a SaaS or it could be their monthly fee or for a content business, it could be affiliate back to their pages for affiliate revenue or even their own info products. 
or um, just back to their site for ads, right? Are you saying that they should have something small on the front end and what sort of price point are we looking at and what, what sort of like, you know, we be setting up as business owners that can allow us as a product to get our money back from ads quicker? Yeah. So the crucial concept is that you want to get money back quickly for cash flow purposes and cash flow is enormously important with ads. The way that you do it, there's a number of ways, but I'll talk you through the one that I have found to be the most simple, the most reliable, and that nearly everybody can do. And that's a tripwire funnel. Now you can do it without this. There's other, I've seen people who are doing it in different ways, but this is like the most reliable one. So the concept of a tripwire funnel is that you have something that's cheap that people can buy. The reason it's named, I think, by Digital Marketer by Ryan Dice. And it's, it's that so cheap that people almost can't help trip over it and buy it like that. It's just, it's such a great deal. It's so ridiculously good. They're like, Oh, I have to get that. And so you offer that for maybe $17. That's the, that's the price point that we always start with is $17. You want something that would normally be selling for 67, 99, something where it's like a fabulous, you know, uh, price. And then behind that on the order page, you have an order bump. So that's something else they can buy that goes with it. That might be something at $27, 37, 17, whatever you think is kind of reasonable for what you're selling, but something that goes alongside what they're buying. And then if they buy that, if they buy the tripwire, whether they buy the order bump or not, then you put something on the next page as an upsell, something else that they can buy, like a more expensive, maybe for $99, $129.79, something in that kind of range. Now, the crucial thing with building this tripwire funnel is if you start with ads, you're going to really struggle to succeed. And the reason for that is because it's dispiriting when you start spending money not to be making money back straight away. And you're probably not going to get this perfect straight away. So if you've got a content site, you've got people coming to your website, what you do is you have your, you set up your lead magnet. So you get people opting in, you get ideally to that 5% opt-in rate, but whether you get, you know, one, two, three, whatever, you get people opting in, you put the tripwire offer on that confirmation page behind the lead magnet, and then you see if it converts to people buy. And that way you're using your existing traffic to get sales. The amount of money you make from this is not huge. It's not totally nothing either. Like I, I went through this with somebody at a conference once and 18 months later, they told me that the next day they'd gone and done it, it took them about a day to set it up and they'd made two and a half thousand dollars a month from it every month since then. And I was like, That's minute, amazing. That you've made $40,000 total in 18 months from one day's work. That's the best daily wage I've ever heard anyone talk about. It's fabulous, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it's like, it's, Two and a half thousand for him out of, I don't know what he was making, like 30, 40,000 a month. It's not like the major thing. But the reason why it matters is because then you've got a chance to tweak it, refine it, test it, optimize the order bump, optimize the upsell. You want your order bump to convert at about 60%. You want your upsell to convert at about 15 to 30% conversion rate. Once you've got that working, oh, and the tripwire itself should convert about five to 10% of people should be buying that. You got that working. Well, now you can probably test out sending ads into that. And you start out by sending ads into the lead magnet. So that is getting more people to opt in. And then some, and then those who opt in will see the tripwire. And then you can test ads straight into the tripwire. Now, once you get that working, now you've got the potential to scale up enormously. And at no point have you lost money on ads before you had the funnel built and working. And that's the order that we recommend everybody to do it in because... 
motivation wise, it's easier. And because if you're running ads into a funnel and you've got to get three things right, you've got to get the ad creative right, you've got to get the ad targeting right, and you've got to get the funnel right. And if it's not working, you don't know which one it is. So therefore, you're real trouble and it's going to be really tricky to figure this all out. If you take one of those out, you know the funnel converts. Well, now you've just got to do the other two. So when somebody comes to you, are they, you know, and they're saying like, I want to sort of fix, I want to start tracking my marketing. I want to sort of fix my funnel. Are they the three main things that you look at is the ads, the conversion and, and the funnel? So we never start with ads. So we always start with the funnel because the ads is the way to scale. So there's so many, most people have got so many quick wins that you start with that's going to make them a bunch more money. So for example, we had a client recently came to us, he was doing about 4,000 a month and he said he wanted to get to 10,000. I looked at his numbers, I was like, well, okay, we're going to get to 15 first of all, and then we'll talk again. You know, it's like there's, <laughs> there's so many holes that people have that they just don't even recognize because they don't know about these numbers. So what we what we start with is how many people are opting in and then how many of those people who opt in are buying. Like how do we convert more of the email list into buying? And then how many of those people are buying more? How do we increase the revenue per sale? And we actually start at the, the with the last one. We start with increasing the revenue per sale because it's the easiest to do. Order bumps and upsells, putting those in place. I've seen people increase their revenue 30 to 40% in three days. You know, like uh, that guy I mentioned who, who came to us on four grand a month. He spent three days setting it all up between when I had a strategy call with him and he started our program. So he hadn't even started and he started setting it all up and he was making 30% more revenue. Amazing. And so that's, that's the easiest one to do, order bumps and upsells by far. Then we move back to, or well, how can we get more people who are on your email list to be buying? And then we do that mostly through actually sending them email promotions. And then we work back to how do we get more people opting in? And then once you've got more people opting in, you set up the tripwire funnel. Once you've got the tripwire funnel working well, then you can start to look at ads coming in as well. And that way, every penny you spend on ads, not only do you have a good chance of making it back in your tripwire funnel, but after those people are on your email list, now you're sending promotions, so you're making money from them. And when they buy, they're making you're making more money from them. So that's the order that I always recommend everyone do it in. I think it's so good that you highlighted that because thinking about that, it comes back to linking into something you said earlier is how can you make your money back as quick as possible so you can reinvest that money back into your business? And a lot of people would have that perception, like I, I would have gone, all right, I need to work on my opt-in first to see how much convert more people onto my free opt-in and then get more people onto my email list and then go through this journey that way. But you're starting with something where there's the low-hanging fruit is so low that it's going to produce a great return that you can reinvest that into the business. And I think it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to pull that money out of a funnel and fix it at the same time and then fix other parts of the funnel that are ahead of it. It's cool. Yeah, I had a client I was talking with. Actually, she wasn't a client at the time, just a, a friend we were talking in a bar and I told her about upsells and she went and set one up the next day. It took her an hour and she made $1,500 more from the next promotion she sent. And when you have that kind of result, when you get a you do the thing and then you make a bunch more money, it makes you go, okay, 
cool, I get this. This is exciting. And it makes you want to put more effort into it. So like it is the logical way to do it. And it's also from a motivation and emotional point of view, it also works there as well. So it's really beautiful. Great. I want to come back to the two things that you mentioned is upsells and order bumps and then having and then sending it to your, you know, getting more sales by sending it, sending emails out, I guess, to your list. People that own a content yeah. site or own a, you know, a SaaS business or even an e-commerce business, well, let's stick with SaaS and, and content. Say somebody does, doesn't have a product to sell or to be, you know, an order bump or whatever it is. What, where should people start with that? Because I know people are thinking, all right, I need to get, I need to get a product in place to start making some money and creating order bumps and upsells. Where, where should people start with that? A lot of the way that people normally start is they come up with an idea of something new they could make. And I, I have to keep pushing back on people or just saying to them, no, don't do that quite often because everybody's already got stuff that they could be selling. So if you're taking e-commerce, it's very, very straightforward. You've already got a bunch of products. You just set up another one as an upsell. You set up another one as the order bump. It does not need to be the perfect product to start. You do not start with optimization. You start with filling the holes, that are the, just these massive gaps. You put something in place. So if you're using Shopify, for example, you can use uh, Zipify. I don't do much with um, with e-commerce, but the, there's a bunch of different plugins for Shopify that allow you to do upsells and order bumps. If you're doing, if you're running a SaaS business, you can just make your upsell be an annual plan or a quarterly plan, so you get some more, you know, more guaranteed money from people. Or maybe you've got a partner who's already got a product, or maybe you've made, you've recorded some training before that you never thought of selling again and you can set that up. I know, for example, you've done a summit before or all those summit recordings, it's like, cool, that's a potential order bump or upsell. If you've got someone who's doing a content site, it depends if they're selling their own products or other people's. But if you're doing, if you're doing affiliate sales, you can't do order bumps and upsells, or at least I don't know any way to. The affiliate has to do it because yeah. that's, um, you don't own that's just the, the, the way it all fits. There's probably some clever way you could work around it. And if I sat down for half an hour, I could probably figure something out. But you'd have to do it via email instead of on the actual on the actual order page and, and confirmation page. So it's just the starting point is list out everything that you have already got that you've ever sold that made money. Most people forget about a bunch of things. They're like, oh, I forgot I had that, that I sold that, that it worked really well. And then I forgot to ever do it again. Like that's a really, really common response. And then list out what else have your partner's got. And all of that is going to be your, your starting place. Yeah, great. And so I remember one of the clients in our mastermind, uh, we wanted to increase his average order value. It's something that I learned when I was doing sales for a, uh, a like a restaurant and hospitality coaching businesses. Uh, I was teaching teaching people in that own their restaurants how to do order bumps and upsells and increase their average order value. And we did that with somebody in our mastermind who sells rugs. He's selling these rugs and he found that the same manufacturer, I'm pretty certain it was the same manufacturer, had non-slip pads to go underneath the rugs, 
which weren't too much money, but it increased his average order value. So almost every single person was able to buy that and it was a no-brainer. It's kind of like selling insurance. And I guess one thing to note with the order bumps and the upsells is that the more closely related and tied it is to the main product that you're selling, I guess the higher conversion would be for that particular order bump or upsell, right? Yeah, it's a, fa- it's a fascinating model. People selling supplements, they have an offer where they'll sell one bottle for this really good price and I have ads pointing to it. And the upsell afterwards is three bottles of the same thing. And you might hear that and you're like, well, that's really weird. They've only just bought one. Why are they now buying three? And it works beautifully. The upsell, if people buy the three, is seven bottles. <laughs> and it's this is the numbers for some reason one three and seven it just works like if you try four it's like no nah, it's not quite as good it's one three and seven i listened to a talk from perry belcher from digital marketer once he was saying how they had some uh, t-shirts that they were selling as part of a you know for one of their businesses and they put as the upsell three t-shirts and they tried changing it to hoodies and it's like hoodies is pretty similar to t-shirts it's like eh, wasn't as similar as more t-shirts. It's just like sell more of the same thing. That's why the annual plan works really well as an upsell. But yeah, it needs to be related because it needs to be the people who bought it. It makes sense for them to get it as the next one. Like if you're selling online courses and you've got a whole pack, you know, let's say you're selling courses about learning English language. Then if you've got a beginner, intermediate and advanced, someone buys a beginner, will offer them the intermediate and advanced as well for a good deal. If you've got a challenge that you do every month, then sell them the challenge and then the upsell could be why not buy the whole year's worth of challenges. So it's the buy some more of the current thing or buy the obvious next step, something like that. Like your your, your non-slip pads, for example. Yeah, I really like the ideology of it being very related and very good, a very wise decision for the, the purchaser as well because – it's a great business model. It's great for them. And the key thing, I mean, some people could just try and do this and just tack on some any tacky product that's not really going to sell because they just want to kind of make as much money back as quickly as possible. But I really like that in the supplement one, the upsell is three bottles for cheaper and then seven bottles for cheaper. What it rings true is to what you said earlier is getting more money back more quickly. It's the same as I see it as the same timeline as a SaaS where people would go, well, I'm, I'll put them on my email list and eventually I'll get them to join. But you, it'll take you eight months to get that income to put it back into your ads, into scaling. Where, and it's the same with the supplement business. They're probably going to buy more supplements. Most likely, they're going to love one bottle and they're going to end up buying a bottle of seven. May as well get them to do it quicker so then you can scale your business because you're giving them more value, you're doing them a great service and you're doing the business a great service. I think it's just a really good route to go. John, I've just absolutely enjoyed this chat. Thank you so much for coming on. People have, people have just got so many little nuggets and downloads and are going to have to come back and listen to this again. But say somebody does want to you know, hit you up and go, John, I'm, I've lo- I'm loving what you're saying how can I get in touch with you? How can I learn more about what you're doing? Where can we send them to either consume some of your content or have a chat with you or your team or whatnot? Yeah, so if someone just wants to get in touch, they can just drop us an email, john, J-O-H-N, at datadrivenmarketing.co. If people are curious about, well, how could this work for my business, then they can go to datadrivenmarketing.co slash calculator. 
and put in their current traffic and numbers and we'll help you figure out how much more revenue you could be making. We'll do the calculations for you in terms of the increase in revenue you could get. So those are probably the two starting points. And then if you want to have a nose through our website, we've got a bunch of free training and blog posts explaining about it. But I think those are the two two easiest ones. Cool. We'll put a link to the website, to the calculator and to your email. Thank you so much for coming on, John. Everybody that is listening, thank you so much for listening. Now, if you own an online business or are about to own an online business or you know somebody who is about to own an online business, already owns an online business, do them a massive favor and share this podcast with them because there's so many golden nuggets, like I said just before, that they're not going to want to miss, especially when it comes to scaling their businesses. That's it from me, guys. I'll speak to you on the next episode. 